Salt and Rock, episode 18. Samson, the Jewish Hercules. I listen to the Duck Dynasty podcast, right? One of the things that Jace talks about all the time is that writers they don't come up with anything. Mm. Everything that they write is based on biblical stuff. At first, you can dismiss that really easily. But then when you start looking at stuff, you're like, it's just a matter of how closely associated it is or how loosely associated right. it is. And like Hercules, yeah, it's you could make that assumption that it's based on Samson. It's just not word for word what we know that happened. And that's what's funny, though, is when you get into some of that Greek history and you start reading the Odyssey, Odysseus. Mm-hmm. Was that about Noah? It could be. I mean, I mean, <laughs> it's it, so there's there's some wild stuff because like there has to be, have been a reason for it somewhere. Well, I mean, and, and and as Jay said, they most people are are regurgitating something that either they read and the way they want to to portray it because it's I mean nothing's original, right? Well, and that's the thing is that like when you start digging into it, at some point you run out of originality, which a lot of people complain now because entertainment now, it's we're just rehashing stuff. And a lot of movies are done that way. <clears throat> Blade Runner's been done three mm-hmm. times. And yep. so it's it's rare to get stuff that's that's new. The other thing about that, though, is that like from the other side, they talk about that religion has made up things to explain scientific phenomenon that they mm-hmm. didn't understand at one point. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> what if we were what if we're right? Though. Exactly. Like, what if we didn't? What, what if? Yeah. It's all correctly placed yeah. through the Bible. So, you know? Okay. So this week we are talking about Samson. Samson's story is contained in four chapters uh, Judges 13 through 16. So, real quick, let's burn through Samson's life. It starts out Samson is born to a barren wife. She is blessed with the birth of Samson. And she vows to God while he's in the womb that he will be he will take a Nazarite vow. He will live his life through the Nazarite vow. Then as he grows up, he decides to marry a Philistine woman. When he goes to his wedding, there's some issues, get into a big fight. He ends up leaving, comes back sometime later yeah. to find what would be his father-in-law's married his wife off because of Crazy. his anger at the wedding. <laughs> then that ends up being... Basically, unrest with the Philistines starts a war, essentially. Then he goes into hiding. His own people turn on him to turn him into the Philistines. Right. He kills a thousand Philistines with the job of an ox, mm-hmm. then escapes. Later, he is kind of tracked down, and they have some people that's going to sneak in and, and get him at midnight. He leaves before midnight, takes the entire gate of the city, carries it with him for a while. Still don't understand that. <sighs> That's just a... But it was explained in the Bible. I think it's just that's a, what he did. In your in your face thing. And then you find him falling in love again with someone from the Philistines that ends up becoming his demise. And so most of us have heard the story of Samson and Delilah. It's really just the end of his story. There's a lot more throughout the rest of his life. So we're going to go ahead and jump into that. So the interesting fact about his family, his birth, you know, that is a uh, barren mom. Right, uh, a dad that was a doubter because he had the angel come back to him and tell him specifically how to raise a, a child. Right. <laughs> so I mean, it's got you know you get this this mom that's barren, this father that's a little doubtful, has the angel come back down to him, wants to offer him a sacrifice, sees God, and feels like he's going to be struck down during that time because 
he saw the face of God. Um, Sansa's mom is like, why do you think he would strike us down if he just told us what our son was going to do? Right. He came came to see us. I mean, that's just crazy to me. That's I mean, funny. The Nazarite vow. Yeah, you because you dug into Nazarite. I did. I looked into it a little bit when we talked about Paul, but I didn't. I didn't get super deep into it. So let's, yeah, let's dig into that a little bit. Okay. So what I found out was that there's only been three people in the entire length of the Bible that were called from birth to do a Nazarite vow. So in my research of a Nazarite vow, it's usually voluntary. It's man or woman, and you've got these rules that you follow, and then at the end, of, you, you and it's a time period, right? It's a time period. You set the time period on how long you're going to do it. And then at the end of it, you commensurate it by cutting your hair, shaving your face right. and doing the and then having a big celebratory, you know, thing because you completed this huge thing. Right. But Samuel, Samson and John the Baptist were all called from birth to live the Nazarite vow their entire life. Right. Were they called prior to birth? I didn't find that they were called prior to birth, but they were called from birth. Gotcha. I mean, in this case, Samson was called in the womb. In the womb. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, he was called in the womb to live the Nazarite yeah. vow life. And, and he, I mean, it, he was an answered prayer. His mom was barren. So, right. you know, when God blessed her with, with a child, then it was easy for her to say, okay, yeah, we'll, I'll dedicate him back to you and he'll live this and we'll raise him under the expectation that he's going to do this. And if you remember, I believe it was episode seven. Might have been episode eight, but I think we hit it at the very end of Paul on the first episode. Paul when shaved his head before he picked before he got Timothy. With that, he was ending his Nazarite vow. Gotcha. So we okay. I looked for that, but I couldn't. I knew that he was either starting or ending it, but nobody laid it out. But it sounds like you end it by shaving exactly. Yeah, that's the last thing that you're going to do because after your set time period, then you come in and you have this, for lack of words, party. Right. You know, uh, to celebrate your like vow a, time period. Like a coming of age kind of right. thing. Right. You know, and so. so then when it's over, you shave your face and your hair and have a party. That makes a lot more sense with this now. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you when you look at, at the what was going on in Nazarite Vow, when you – we're going to assume that everybody knows the story of Samson and Delilah. We're going to go into it later. But knowing that the end of your Nazarite Vow is when you shave your head – when Samson's head was shaved, it exactly. was at the end of his life. It was. And so yeah. like it's it makes this really neat, complete circle when he finally gives in and tells Delilah what what gives him his strength, then it ends his vow and it also ends his life. So it like it completes that I mean, you're it, called it, to be an Azurite <laughs> your entire life. So that gets into a lot. I mean I, we into Delilah. I mean that that's that that portion yeah. of the story is very intense. Yeah, so we'll read into it. So we'll get into that. We'll we'll go on further into that later. But that's kind of the story of his entire life. Is he's got this vow, so it's gonna it's gonna affect his decisions, and and it does. I mean, I, I think his parents also explained to him how important he is to the Israelites. Right. You know, I think that they explained their understanding that he was going to be there. I mean, obviously he's a judge, right? So he's there. Israel, you know, was given. To the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. Right. And Samson covered 20 years as a judge for him. Right. Right. So, I mean, God has this purpose for him, right? God's got this right. big purpose for him. And I don't know if his parents understood it or not, but I think I think at some point Samson understood that God had a purpose for him. And so in in doing that, I mean, he's looking to, to marry a Philistine woman, one to infiltrate the camps, you know, because right. he's got to get into that. But I don't, 
I don't know that his parents knew that or not. Right. And I don't know who well, knew that. And I, I don't. Mean, I don't think they did because I mean that's technically the next thing in his life is after he's born. We don't hear much about his childhood until he falls in love with this girl or, or decides right. that he wants. Right. Falls in love is like such a a new age thing, but uh, he chooses this woman that he wants to take as a wife, and he goes to his parents and says, "I go get her for go me. Go get her." And the, <laughs> I mean that's that's a little disrespectful from. <laughs> I would right. say, but I mean, maybe that was the common thing to do back well, then. And, but the other side of that, though, is that I imagine that as Samson's being raised, and we don't, like I said, we skip. It skips. His childhood, but his parents are blessed with this with this child, mm-hmm. and they know that God comes and talks to him at least twice mm-hmm. to tell him how important he is. So I'm sure they raise him, and they're like, you're a, you're a mighty Man of God, you're so important. God gave you to and us. So I feel like they kind of gave him that entitlement. Mm-hmm. Like they raised him in that so. entitlement environment. Yeah. So he comes back and he goes, Get well, her. Go get it for me. <laughs> like, you know how important I am. Right. Exactly. So, which, as a parent, my daughter acts that way sometimes. And I'm like, not that important. I mean, I wish we had a, an age gauge for where Samson was. Right. I mean, I'm sure he was between 15 and 20 right. at this point. Yeah. Okay. He could be as young as 13 at yeah. this age. At this time, 13, 14, you're old enough to make those decisions. That's true. So, but that's the thing is that he goes to his dad and his dad says, well, can't you choose somebody from your own nation? Like you're chosen by God. Exactly. You, Why don't you choose an Israelite? <laughs> and God's, God tells him, no, this is, this is a good thing. This was yeah. ordained by God because God had a plan for Samson's life and it involved him marrying some or being involved with someone from the Philistine camp. And you mentioned it, that it's a way for him to infiltrate their camp. So one of the other things that I found um, in my research was that, you know, Samson, out of all the judges that they they describe in Judges, Samson is the only one that has a nativity story paralleled to Jesus. All the other judges don't go through their their nativity. Oh, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're, okay. you know, where they're at, you know, born, raised, and all that. They gotcha. just say so-and-so was a judge for 15 years right. or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> did you notice that it points out that he was a judge for 20 years several times? It did. Like at the end of each one of the chapters, I think. Yeah. I went through and re- <laughs> like I had to go back and flip and check because I'm like, man, I feel like I just read that. Am I reading the same chapter over again? <laughs> I think this at the week. bottom of 14 and 15 or 15 and 16, it's one of those two. It, it, Samson was a judge for 20 years. Right. And, and like, Samson judged Israel for 20 years during this time. <laughs> right. I'm like... And it was almost word for word. So I was like, is, is I, I think they wanted to get up? the point across. Yeah. So the dad lines up the marriage mm-hmm. and Samson goes on his way to visit the wife or the future wife. Lust at first sight. Right. Lust at first sight. <laughs> Ends up seeing a lion on the path to the can or to the house of this soon to be bride. He sees this lion, kills this lion with his bare hands. And here's the thing that gets me, like, you're the super strong guy, right? At this point, we know that he's strong. Mm-hmm. Probably the the basis for the story of Hercules. I, I would like to think so. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> it would make sense. So you have this, but the thing that gets me is that he's he's barehanded. He's walking through this wilderness. Right, but it, without, I mean, he's traveling with his parents, but how far ahead or behind are they? I mean, right. you know, I don't know, but I mean, he's by himself when this lion is there. So he kills this lion with his bare hands. And then, like, this is one of the things that I wanted to cover when we talk about Samson. We talk about Samson, and the first thing we go to is lust. And the second thing Mm -hmm. we go to is pride. 
if you killed a lion with your bare hands... <laughs> I would tell everybody. Right. <laughs> everybody would know. Guess what I did today? I killed a lion with my bare hands. Right. I go I go to Cornhole League on Thursday night, and if I throw two back two four-baggers in a row, I come home, I tell, tell Jen, I'm like, I threw two four-baggers You post night. it on Facebook, oh, on I don't post Instagram, on, Facebook, on Twitter. You I, do it everywhere. I did it for the gram, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not, not on that much social media. But yeah, no, it's like... And that's just a four bagger. Yeah, when I or when I talk to baggers. when I talk to Steve, I'm like, hey, I threw threw two four baggers last night. Well, back you to definitely back. told me that night. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm like, I would, and I think you would have shared that you would have destroyed a lion with your bare hands. Right, no joke. Right. And so, but he doesn't. He it's a secret, which comes up later. Ari has been watching the show on Disney, right? And I'll try to not get us in uh, copyright trouble. But there's this particular cartoon where they go and they solve these riddles, and so. This character that everybody knows that sounds really high pitched. Okay. Has, Does has, it have big ears? Big round ears. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like Sticky. Right. But anyway, so Sticky the Sticky the rat will come up mm-hmm. and he'll pick something up and he'll say, This is a surprise tool that will come in handy later. Right. <laughs> and I feel like when he kills the lion, he's like, This is a surprise that will come in handy I'm later. We're going to need this. Yeah. We're going to need this later. <laughs> so that's that's what the lion is. We're going to need that later. Some time goes by. Now they're going to the wedding feast, which we should probably cover traditional weddings this time. Uh, right. You have a seven-day-long feast. It's basically a big party. And then at the end of it, you get married. And mm-hmm. so for us, that's different because typically we have a ceremony and then we have a reception afterwards, which is a big party. Then you would have a giant party for a week, which makes sense because you're probably going to have a bunch of people traveling in. Mm-hmm. And so you start the party on a Monday and by the time you get to the end of the week, you've got all your relatives that have finally traveled in and been able to mingle and see everybody. Yeah. And then oh, you I get hadn't married. even thought about it that way. Yeah. Then you yeah. get married at the end of it. A lot of, lot of discussion on whether or not Samson partakes in this party. Right. I mean, you're looking back, a guy that's been called for a Nazarite vow, right? And one of them is not to drink any vine or any hard, hard uh, drinks or, yeah. you know, whatever. I mean... Strong drinks, I guess yeah. it states. But, no alcohol, uh, no grapes. Right. It's one of the things that we found when I was reading. And there's reading nothing that said that he, there's nothing in the scripture that says he partook in the festivities, but right. there was still festivities for seven days. Right. I mean, so I don't think he broke a Nazarite vow at that time. No. I would guess if he's, if he's whatever age he's at and he's getting married and, and he knows that he's in a Nazarite vow, because I'm sure he knows this. Right. But I don't think that he would break it. Right. For that. Because he's been living his entire life this yeah. way. So it doesn't say that he does, but right. a lot of people think that he broke a Nazarite vow yeah. at that time. I don't I don't feel like he does. The We're th- gonna go with he didn't then. The thing that gets me <laughs> about this though is that he doesn't have a wet like a big wedding party of his own. So they He doesn't. They assign him groomsmen that are it, Philistines. And so, well, because he's marrying a Philistine. Right. Woman, and right? so from another town. So his fiance's family picks these thirty groomsmen for him. Right. That he's hanging out with. Which I I just thought that was funny because I was like he didn't have family he didn't have cousins to bring I know it only talks about his mom and dad and him traveling to Timna to to get married and I'm like nobody else is there and they assign him thirty guys on his way to this party with his parents he's walking along he breaks off and he goes to see where he killed the lion just to check on it yeah and he finds that some bees have made a humble abode in the carcass of this lion and it's got this big half to hunt of honeycomb mm-hmm. so he reaches in and gets honey and eats some of the honey and it talks about it and then it sounds good and then he goes back to his parents and, and gives them some still doesn't does he give yeah he gives some to his parents yeah but he, he gives, doesn't tell them where it came and doesn't from. tell them where it came from 
Right. Doesn't tell him where he came from. So then he gets to this party and he's talking to these 30 groomsmen. Right. And I can only imagine that they're just kind of smack talking him because he's an Israelite. He's an Israelite. They're 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 Philistines. Philistines. They pretty much hate each other. He is talking to them and he says, I tell you what, let's make a bet. Yeah. I have a riddle. I love the riddle. And (laughs) if I tell you this riddle, if you can guess the answer to the riddle, then I will give you all these clothes. 30 underwear and 30 suits. So they're like, well, yeah, we'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And so he tells them. Out of the eater comes forth meat. Out of the strong comes sweetness. Listening to that, Mm -hmm. I feel like probably some lost in translation. Right. Because I feel like maybe it's a little bit more poetic in Hebrew. Andrew, you could uh, tell us how it goes in Hebrew. Yep. You can always email us salt plus rock, all letters at gmail.com. I like it. Anybody. Anyone. Not just Andrew. Anybody. <laughs> just email us. Um, somebody. Say yeah. hi. So, yeah, one of our listeners. We have Sweden. 500 downloads. Come on. We've like, got somebody in Sweden listening 500 to us. downloads. If you are from Sweden <laughs> and you subscribe to our podcast, email me and say hi, because I would like to know your name. That's awesome. That being said, he gives this riddle. The groomsmen obviously don't get it, because I don't think anybody in their right mind would understand what this means. No. They go to the, they go to the fiance, and she begs and pleads and begs and pleads. Why mm-hmm. does she beg and plead? Because they threatened to kill her and burn her right. parents' house. Yeah, down. they're going to kill we're gonna, her, her dad, and everybody. We're, we're going to burn down. burn you and your family alive in their house. So I would beg to plead. Yeah. So he <laughs> tell me the answer. And so it takes the groomsman four days to convince her, which I think is a testament to the to the fiance. Even though she's not an Israelite, and there was some contention there with the family, that it does kind of speak to her character. And then yeah. once once she gets threatened, she finally gives in. Then it takes three days for Samson to finally give in to her crying. I wrote nagging in the in the thing in my notes because I wrote that later, and we'll <laughs> share that when we get to another story. Okay, so <laughs> I didn't write it on this one. I didn't even think about it, but yes, that yeah. makes sense. So you get you get this riddle. He finally gives in and tells the the girlfriend his riddle. She goes and tells the groomsman that the groomsmen come and say we have the answer to your riddle. He says specifically. Had you not plowed with my heifer, you wouldn't know the answer. And I'm like, one, did you see how chapped he is over it? But two, I'm like, like that's, to me, reading that insinuates that it's more than just going to get the answer from her. Right. That makes me think that he was thinking that. They they, did some other They were dirty dirty deeds done in their cheap. Leads me to believe that he... Assume that it was more than just a conversation that they um, had forsaken their future marital covenant. Right. But it doesn't state that. But it doesn't say that. But we can just, insinuate it. He gets so mad. He just doesn't even talk to his wife. He goes to another town, ends up killing 30 Philistines, taking their clothes, bringing them back. But then storms off, so angry over the betrayal of mm-hmm. his fiance that he doesn't finish the wedding. And so he goes home with his parents. And this is on like day seven, right? Right. Because it was four exactly. days it's to almost, get her to buy It's in almost and married time. Yeah. They're like, they're right there. So, so a significant amount of time goes by. He finally get, calms down. He goes back. He goes to the house, talks to the father. The father says, well, I I thought that you were so displeased. You had such a distaste for my mm-hmm. daughter that you yep. didn't want anything to do with her. And so he married her off. For me, this is what I put down in my notes. I said, don't wait too long to forgive your wife. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, cause he missed out. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was, he should have married her. Yeah. So the father offers the younger daughter 
And I think he even insinuates that the younger daughter's maybe more attractive. Right. I just wrote S S M H shaking my head, shaking my head. <laughs> like, Hey, uh, sorry. I gave her away to one of your groomsmen is what is what I, is the way I interpreted it was that a friend, you know, so one of his groomsmen, um, and then offers the daughter and I just wrote shaking my head. We often say lust, but I feel like it's not lust at this point because if it were lust, he would have looked at the younger daughter and be like, well, I'll take it. Maybe it was still lust. And he just liked the other one, but I don't know. But that was kind of my thing is I, I thought it's not just the sex thing. Yeah. Like he wasn't just craving sex or else the younger sister was there. He could have taken that. It would have been just fine. So he's so angry. He goes out and he catches 300 foxes. Amazing. Ties just in, in itself. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I put down, I put down, that's a lot of work. Yeah. Catching totally. 300 foxes live. And keeping them alive. Yeah, because it's together. not, you're not going to catch all 300 at one time. You're going to nope. have to, it's going to take. That's going to take some time. It's going to have to be methodical and planned. You're going to have to keep them trapped. And then, so he ties ties them in pairs and ties a torch between their tails so that as they're running. And and if you close your eyes and think about two wild animals having their tails tied to each other. With a fire? With fire, because most wild animals are afraid of fire. They're just going to run berserkly. Basically burns the majority of the Philistine fields to the ground. It right. said the stuff that was already threshed, all the wheat, everything. So the Philistines, all the olives, all kinds of stuff. I mean, I, I yeah. they just burnt, burnt, burned the town down. Yeah. Wheat, grapes, and olives are specifically yeah. named. The Philistines get so angry about it that they ask who did it. They say it was Samson because of the ex, the father thing. Exactly. And so what do they do? They, they kill them. They burn their house they down. They burn their house down. And so for me, it was a really strange parallel that the whole reason that she gave in and got under Samson's skin in the first place was because she was afraid of having her family burnt alive in their house. And then it ends and up then it happens anyway. Anyhow. Right. Which I think I think should tell us that when we know not to do something, regardless of the threat, mm. don't do it. Right. Because there's a good possibility that that threat's going to happen anyway. Yeah. All she did was really bought herself some time. That's yeah, that I mean, was... that'll preach today. After that, after they burn the house down, he's he retaliates. The Bible says he retaliates with a great fury, mm-hmm. and then he runs off and hides in a cave. It's weird for me because you see this like giant accomplishment, this huge victory. He mm-hmm. he makes this huge move and destroys all their property, destroys the crops, and then they retaliate. He retaliates again and is victorious, but right. then runs and hides. He runs and hides. That doesn't seem super heroic to me. Picture that we paint of Samson as this larger than life person, but we see him hiding in a cave. And so I think that brings it back to he's hurting. I would think he's definitely hurting. because it, <laughs> And I really think that like we often overlook the fact that he really cared about this woman. There's a lot of motivations out there, yeah. right? That's just all of this points back to her. Everything from the foxes on till the cave points back to the the ex-fiance yeah he's been chasing her for some time now yeah you know so i'm like (laughs) i'm like that's that's gotta be like that's a huge thing that she meant that much to him Mm -hmm. i we often talk about the lust thing and that he's woman hungry or woman crazy girl crazy i don't think it's necessarily girl crazy i think that he just falls hard he's emotionally uh attached to her right so he he gets that attachment and it's just like that's all he can see and he sees red yeah so that's probably a good time to take a break thanks for joining us today on salt and rock if you liked what you heard feel free to reach out to us at saltplusrock at gmail.com that's all letters s-a-l-t 
P-L-U-S-R-O-C-K at gmail.com. If you'd like to become a contributor to Salt Plus Rock, you can find us on buymeacoffee.com slash salt plus rock. Once again, all letters S-A-L-T-P-L-U-S-R-O-C-K, where you can give a contribution as small as $5. Hey, every little bit helps. 